My friends, Jesus poses two great questions in the gospel tonight, but a little bit of context first. So Jesus has been preaching and healing and moving about the countryside and great crowds are flocking to him. And at a certain point, he starts moving from Nazareth in the north down south to Jerusalem, to the place where he will reveal his true power in a surprising way. But along the way, he stops. And he poses these questions to his disciples, to his followers. Who do people say that I am? And who do you say that I am? Two great questions. And they're great questions because they're fundamental questions. So fundamental questions can point us to fundamental answers and fundamental answers get us in touch with fundamental realities. And we want to live in reality. And we have to get to the fundamental realities because if we get those moves right, then the rest of our life is put on the right path. Who do people say that I am? The apostles recount public opinion. John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets. But then this one. Who do you say that I am? See, the stakes get raised. The question takes the apostles out of their comfort zone because it's easy to talk about what other people say about Jesus. But he calls them out of that into a decisive move and a commitment on their part, a decision about his person. Basically, he's saying, do you know about me, what people say about me? Or do you know me? And of course, Peter gives the anointed response. We have Mark's gospel today. His response in Matthew chapter 16 is longer. But Peter gives the response that is the bedrock of our faith. And he answers, you are the Christ. You are the Christ. In Matthew, we hear him say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus is Lord is what that means. That Jesus is the one who everything points to. The one who deserves all of ones who follows him. All one's talents, all one's gifts, hopes, joys, all of oneself who follows him. And what I want to point out to you tonight is so fundamental to our faith. Jesus, he is the Lord. Peter's response about Jesus, it highlights how utterly unique Jesus is. He's not just another good teacher. He's not another nice moral figure. He's not just another religious founder. But Jesus is totally unique, totally different, unique. There's only one, Jesus Christ. He's not just one voice among many. See, in Peter's response of faith is the essence, the fundamental essence of our Christian faith. That in the person of Jesus Christ, the fullness of God is revealed. If you want to know who God is, you look to Jesus. And he reveals who God is in his own person and as he introduces us through his person to the Father and the Holy Spirit. 
Peter's response is something that we need to ponder today because back then there were opinions about who Jesus was. Some were correct, or more correct, I should say, and some were less correct. And today, some are more correct, and some are less correct. But Peter's response, his response, that is the faith. Peter's response is something that we have to wrestle with. Who do we say that Jesus is? Or better yet, who do you, each one of you, say that Jesus is? See, we're invited to take a stance. We have to take a stance about this. We have to make a decision. I like playing with words. So I looked up the etymology of the word stance. And it comes from the French word, stance. Or if it's pronounced in French, stance, right? Because you have to drop like at least half of the word in French. That's how they do it. I have no idea how you pronounce that in French. But this was interesting. Stance, a resting place or a harbor. And of course, French being a romance language goes back to the Latin. A place or an abode. And then it goes back even further. It comes from the Latin word verb stare, to stand, to make or be firm. What's your stance regarding the question of who Jesus is? What's your stance? See, Jesus' question, who do you say that I am, invites us to make a decision, to take up a stance, to take a stand. It takes us out of our comfort zone and invites us into that very crucial decision. And this is the thing. Listen, to say that Jesus is the Christ, that doesn't so much define him. It defines us. He is who he is. He's God himself. We don't define God. I hate that. People always try to define God. We don't get to do that. Jesus is who he is, and he reveals himself in the scriptures and through the church. And we don't get to say whether we agree with that or not or whether we think that's correct or not. Jesus reveals himself in the scriptures and through his church. He reveals himself. So to say that he's the Christ defines us much more than it defines him. It defines how we're going to live, what stance we will take toward life. It means my whole life, if I believe that, if I believe that Jesus is the Christ, if I take a stance on that issue, if I take a stand on that reality, means I will live differently. We gather as the church. A quick word about that word, church. In Greek, it's ekklesia. It's a combination of a verb and a prefix. Ek and kaleo, or kalein, means to call out of. The church, we're called out of. We've been called out of standing on the sidelines and merely listening to Jesus of just following public opinion about him. 
And we've been called out of that so that we can be called into making a personal decision for the Lord. One that changes every part of who we are. We've been called out of mediocrity and into real life in Christ. And that, my friends, is the adventure of the church. It's the furthest thing from boring. It's the great adventure. It's the drama of Christianity. So Jesus calls us out tonight. And I am trying to call you and myself out tonight. We're invited to encounter Christ. And that's a beautiful thing. Encounter him as he is, both bold and kind. Challenging and merciful. Demanding and gentle, because that is who Jesus Christ is. And that encounter with him is never neutral. Never, ever neutral. It always requires a response. We cannot be neutral, my friends. Jesus makes claims on us. If we say we believe that he is the Christ, then our lives have to look different. We have to give our lives to him. And friends, that choice requires a lot of courage because it will involve the cross. Jesus says it explicitly. He speaks it openly that for him as the Christ, he will manifest his power by suffering and dying, by giving his life away in love. And then he invites all of us to follow him on that road, not a different one, on that road. If you wish to be my disciple, you have to take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. He speaks that openly as the gospel says. Let me say that again. Whoever wishes to come after me, this is Jesus, must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Please pray with those lines. What's your stance toward that? How do you engage that? Can I just, young people, can I appeal to your rebellious nature for just a second? Could there be anything more countercultural than those words that I just read? You live in a world that is so stinking mediocre, that has such low standards for you, that says, like, the point of life is to have fun, have pleasure, have comfort? Are you not made for more than that? Do you want more than that? So many efforts in this culture are to avoid ever taking a stance, ever setting a definitive course for your life and moving in a direction. And please rebel against that. Do something different with the one life that you have to live. My appeal to you is to go right to the one who opens the great adventure to you. Jesus, when he calls us to himself and he says, lose your life for my sake and the sake of the gospel. Is he calling you to something great? Yes. 
Is he calling you away from comfort? Yes. Is he calling you away from safety? Yes. I decry the move in the culture to create safe spaces everywhere. I can't stand it because life is not about safe spaces. Where are you going to find safe spaces? We never have safe spaces. Life is full contact. It comes at us. And we have to be able to stand in those spaces with courage and conviction, with boldness and truth. And Jesus invites us into that. And that's a life worth living. We don't need to cry out for safety all the time. We need to cry out for boldness, for truth. We need to take stances. And that stance to follow Jesus is so wonderful. It is the great adventure of your life. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. The great Pope Benedict XVI, he says this, the world promises you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. You were made for greatness. Friends, when Jesus poses his question to each of us tonight, who do you say that I am? Pray with it. But then strengthen your stance for him. Strengthen your stance. Because that will determine everything about your life.